For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to Bladen Races, it was on the 9th of June. 1862 on a summer's afternoon We took the bus from Balbras And she was heavy laden Away we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Oh, my lads, you should have seen us gamming Passing the folks along the road Just as they were standing All the lads and lasses there And all with smiling faces Yanning along the Scotswood Road To see the Bladen races Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, I'm your host Greg Troxell, you can follow me at UFC underscore Greg on Twitter and we are bringing you the glorious 0-0 draw recap of and with me to dissect this match, which we'll, we'll have some takes, uh, is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. How you doing? Best match of the season. <laughs> you heard it here. Match of the it'll probably win Premier League match of the year. Um, if the Premier League continues. That was a coronavirus joke. I don't that know. That was if a we, bad one. I mean, can we joke? I don't think we can joke about it yet, because I guess it's still serious. Um, but anyway. Um, you can follow me for more bad jokes at Elijah underscore Newsom, but I'm excited to be talking about this here uh, recap of um, what I would describe as a small step in the right direction and a giant leap for mediocrity. Yes. To quote Neil Armstrong when he talked about the American space program. That's another bad joke that you can find on Elijah's Twitter account. Thank you. But uh, I was on the right track until I made the second joke. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was definitely a, a lot, like there was some positives, but um, there was a still the, I guess the, the trend that we're all worried about is lack of creativity and scoring goals. That's still very prevalent. Hey, but we had like 21 shots. And how many on target? <laughs> like eight, which is still no, more than... <laughs> no, no, way less than eight. <laughs> okay. I was just, I wasn't looking at any of the stats. I yeah. took 21 shots during that. Actually, that's not true. Um, I that was another thinking. bad joke. Uh, we're up to three now. Which yep. is as many shots on target as Newcastle had. <laughs> oh. oh, hey! Um, to be fair, have we had another match where there's been three shots on target? Actually, uh, probably. Yeah, that, I mean, we have. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> but still, um, and we'll get into all that. Uh, but Newcastle United, Drew Burnley zero zero. Uh, we're going to start as we always do with our three words. Let's get into that. Um, at the end of every match, CHN underscore radio on Twitter. Uh, post about con- commenting with your three words to describe the match, and then we will read them on the podcast. And that's what we're doing now. So we'll start with Jeff Can at Jeff Can 4. We need goals. Don at Smick Ultra. Who needs goals? 
Mr. Steal Your Worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Better, not best. Doc Gibbs at doc underscore Gibbs underscore and UFC. Not good enough. Adam P. Tate. Uh, so Luke Edwards, he tagged Luke Edwards, is wrong. Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry. Scoring would help. Big, big show. You're back. Uh, at Big Shell 5, we are awful. <laughs> Craig Shitpeas at, at Craig Shitpeas. Get Brexit done. <laughs> Paul at Paul Secure. Earlier substitution cabbage. Stephen Tellum at Tellum 1808. Goals, please. Anyone. Gil at Gil G29. Hit the goal. And Jordi Ahmed at Jordi Ahmed. Bruce Exit is needed. There it is. Wow. There it is. There there it happened. We got Brexit and Bruce Exit. How do you feel about that? Anything? Sigh. Okay. That was that was my response. I, right. I thought my sigh was audible. I guess it wasn't. Well, yeah. Words are, are typically better in these situations, but size well, will work for now. <laughs> I mean, come on. This this is a podcast here. This isn't this isn't like only available over the uh the audio. People can imagine what I look like right now. Yeah, that's good. If people want a visual, I'm currently wrapped up in one of those white hotel blankets that you get that you don't really want to use, but sometimes you end up using. You know what I'm talking about, Greg? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So getting into the lineups for this match, there was a lot of talk about this. We spent a lot of time on our preview about this, about what Newcastle was going to do, what changes were going to be made, and this is what they did. So I'll, I'll name the starting lineup and the subs, and then... We'll pass it to you, Elijah. So we had Dubravka, Mankio, Fernandez, Lascelles, and Rose. In the midfield was Hayden, Shelby, Richie, Almiron, and Jolinton. And up top was Gale. Uh, the subs, we had Darlow, Cher, Lejeune, Yedlin, Sean Longstaff, Bentaleb, and St. Maximin. Elijah, your takes. Um, my takes are that your takes were represented in this you kind of alluded yeah. to the fact you wanted a Hayden Shelby midfield. You wanted Mankio back. No, I, uh, I actually said I didn't think Mankio would be back. Just oh, to well, clarify. But I think you did, but you did say that if he was available. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Someone had, else yeah, listened had, to it. I know I had Yedlin starting because I did. I just didn't think Mankio would be right. Well, but I was wrong. He proved you wrong. I mean, yeah. he didn't do much, but he proved you wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think obviously the biggest thing was Alan St. Maximin on the bench, mm-hmm. which um, that was the first thing that that got my attention. Yeah, I personally didn't have a problem with it, and my reasoning—call me controversial. I mean, I guess people already consider me a controversial figure online. Um, probably not actually, um, but I felt as if. Like, if Newcastle were in a situation where the game was tied, that subbing on Allen St. Maxwell would be super effective and a game changer, whilst subbing on any other player probably wouldn't be as big of a factor. Um, 
which is like the only reason I was like, okay, I see why Alan St. Maxman's on the bench. Additionally, and this this game kind of proved it. Um, Alan St. Maxman and Miguel Amaran don't look good playing together um, because they both essentially like the offense has to go through either one of them. And when they're both on the pitch, it just seems like disjointed at the, at times. So I can understand again why Sam Axman was on the bench. Would I have left him on the bench? I mean, there's definitely there's definitely the the mindset that like you want to play your best players and your in your starting eleven and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I do think that if you're in the position Newcastle where you literally have no top tier talent, top tier attacking players, um, that you can kind of pull from on the bench or or even decent ones, especially with Lazaro out, it's it's just tough. It's tough. You have to make some of those calls. Additionally, um, Richie's kind of on-field leadership, I don't think – obviously, I don't think he's, like, you know, the best winger on this side. But I do think that, like, he does bring a certain energy and, and pace with him that, like, not literal pace, but just, like, like figuratively speaking, like mental edge that he brings with him every time he's on the pitch for Newcastle. So – I don't know. I wasn't too up in arms about it, but I know people were pissed, Greg, about the uh, <laughs> ASM being on the bench. And we'll get into it Wednesday, but ASM apparently was pissed as well. Yes, exactly. There's reports came out that uh, there's there's a little spat in between ASM and the manager, but we will get into that for Wednesday's podcast, we promise. Um, but for me, yeah, ASM, is, is that's the headline. And then I, I kind of went back to like, what do I think this is going to be? Because I could definitely see like, for sure, it's it's four at the back. Um, so four, two, three, one. But also I was like, Jolinton's still in the lineup. So is he about to roll out a four, four, two? I, I like just thinking of what my thought process before it was announced. That's kind of what I was thinking about, which four, four, two would have been interesting to see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're not Atletico Madrid, so it just wouldn't work. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it would work. But, like, with Jolinton in, that's what I kind of stopped at. I was like, no, is he really going to do this? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I will say this. Jolinton looks – I mean, for, he looks better out wide than he did as a striker to I, not yeah. many people's surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got in the box just about as many times. But to be fair, this time his job wasn't to, to get I know. Box, so. Yeah, no, no, that's what I mean, yeah. Uh, um, he had some decent you know crosses who, in. And we will talk about this. You know who did get into the box a lot, which I was really happy to see, was Dwight Gale. Oh. Yeah. He didn't, didn't score, though. Nope, he didn't score. And we'll talk about tactics as to why I think he didn't. Also, um, he almost had that bicycle kick. Yeah, he did. That was sick. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's our lineup talk. <laughs> yeah, that's lineup talk presented by. Um, now get oh, into the match. Wait, Ooh. one other note. I do want to point this out because we did mention Chris Wood. He didn't start for Burnley. No, uh, I mean definitely was a bit of a game changer. And like, I mean Burnley could have won at the end, but um, he didn't start. Just want to throw that out there. That's yeah, a, do you a, think a nice Oh, actually, we can get into that at the end or when he does come out, come on, but uh Yeah, he was good. Um so Bruce Brucey came out in the 4231. It was Gale up top, Almiron was the 10, Jolinton on the left, Richie on the right, Hayden and Shelby sitting behind him. 
And then Mankia was a right back and Rose was left back. Um, that's how we came out. So the first thing that I noticed about how we were going to play was Shelby to Gale. That was apparent right from the get-go, and it stayed that way pretty much the whole way. Um, it, pretty much as soon as Shelby got the ball, he found Gale and tried to ping it to him. Long ball. Like, that's how – that was our tactic was uh, – was, we. I guess that's what Bruce said in the practice. said, hey, when you get the ball, Shelby, look to Gale and just hit it to him. <laughs> and I think that's exactly how we were planning to run this entire offense. Uh, for Burnley, I noted that their their strategy was kind of finding the space in between Shelby and Hayden and our center backs. That's where the attackers were pretty much just sitting. Um, and no one expected this match was going to be good, and it wasn't. Um, like, in the beginning, I noted Burnley, like, literally were just passing the ball out of bounds at times. Like, they're just kick the ball out. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, I had no idea what Burnley was doing. And then Newcastle were just getting long balls and not doing anything with them. Um, so the first note of, like, thing that happened was in the 22nd minute. Uh, Dubrovka came up big with a nice save, and uh, he had to smack the ball off the line after Hendrick tried to chip him. Um, but Doobie was able to get back and, and make the play. Um, and Burnley had momentum in that moment. What a uh, Doobie's the best, isn't he, Elijah? Yeah, better than most. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of the other end, Nick Pope had a had a good day, but still in this this early in the match, like I think like two or three times maybe he just like kicked the ball out of bounds. Like I was like, what is he doing? Like he's just giving us possession. <laughs> it was it was a joke in the beginning. Uh, more for Burnley than for Newcastle. Uh, but 27th minute, we had our first chance, and it was Richie. Um, he got a pass to Almiron, and he was able to get past me, and then he tried to hit a left-footed shot, um, but there wasn't enough pace on it, so Pope was able to connect. That was a pretty nifty play, right? Yeah. Yeah, there was a – I mean, we can talk about there, – there's a lot of factors here that we can talk about. I mean, definitely not enough pace on the shot, but – I think a lot of Newcastle shots on target were uh, not great, Bob. No, not great. A uh, second chance came about five minutes later, and it was Almiron again, who, by the way, I'll say this a bunch, I bet, is Almiron looked great in the 10 roll. Um, he runs right through the middle, laid off a pass to Gale on the left-hand side, and Gale was able to cross the ball to Richie, and Richie headed it wide. But a little nice little link-up play. Those things, like I was saying, a four-two-three-one, you got to play through the middle and build up, and that's like examples of what we could do there. Um, we got another chance shortly before halftime. Uh, ball was floated, or corner actually was floated to Shelby. Uh, his volley was blocked, and then Almiron got to the ball, and that was blocked, and went out for a corner. And then we had two more corners. Nothing came of it, and that's literally all that happened in the first half. Oh. <laughs> as notable moments yeah. uh, do, you, do you have anything to add um no i think I, the other thing i'd comment on is uh newcastle had a lot of possession in this match as particularly mm-hmm. in the first half um like it, there's moments where it, like newcastle were holding on to the ball i think that was a bit of a promising sign was like yes in the beginning it definitely seemed like we were playing the long ball game but there were moments where it was like newcastle were looking to build up the middle kind of draw Burnley out of position and then they'd reset um you know, and pass it back to the keeper, whether or not you feel as if that's a 
good strategy or not, that's <laughs> on you. Um, but um, in a li- like the statistics will tell you it's not a good strategy, but everyone's going to do it still. Um, anyway, um, so that was that was promising. Um, another thing that I noticed was neither fullback was really that involved. I think Rose. Um, I mean, Rose got a yellow at some point. I want to say that was at the end of the first half. Um, it might have been the beginning. Yeah, of the second no, half. Uh, he did in like the 40th minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was honestly the only time I even remember seeing Rose and Minkio. Like, I think he had one cross in the second half. Yeah, Minkio um, was a non-factor. <laughs> yeah, but again, I, I, you've seen both of them get heavily involved when we play in the five in the back formation. I think that it's just they've been asked to kind of stay back because obviously defending in this was in this formation you know, is something that Newcastle struggled with in the past. And um, this formation, I'll have to say, the first half, they were pretty solid defensively. Um, Fede Fernandez wasn't, you know, making runs up the middle of the pitch like he normally does. And he was being very disciplined. LaSalle's was back. And all the all the, the back line was actually playing like a back line, um, which was my biggest fear going into this. So, yeah, <laughs> that, was, no. that was, I mean, that was – a, a, a positive net positive for me is our back line was able to defend. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it was a boor- very boring first half, but Newcastle did look better. Um, and then, like you said, it, it proved that we can play with a back four. Like that's what the first half did to me. Um, Almiron looked really good as, as the 10 created the most of the opportunities. Gail was getting into the box a lot more often. And you could tell that like, he he was ready to go like he wanted to get the goals and he was he was looking for it but there was just nothing coming <laughs> um with the long balls i mean there's just it's just such a bad way to play in this formation but we'll get into that um we're actually about to get into the second half but we're going to take a quick break because oh. i need a sip of whiskey oh so let's do that right now okay second half wait greg what are you sipping on oh that's a great question. I am sipping on whiskey. Oh, so why did I say whiskey? Wagon yeah. and smoke, which oh. I think I told you about. It's a Las Vegas whiskey, and it's oh, very yeah. good. Big fan yeah. of it right now. Nice. Yeah. That's uh, so the, the first 15 minutes of the second half, I could have blown my brains out and been happy with it. It was terrible. Uh, no team had a single chance. Burnley, every time Newcastle attacked, Burnley just put all 11 in the box. And every time Burnley attacked, Newcastle did the same. Um, and they would just, Newcastle were like, oh, yeah, let's just keep hitting this long ball to Gale. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I was laughing like the first like three, four minutes. Anytime we got possession, like whoever had the ball just hoofed it to Gale. I was like, God, he's like five foot eight. Like, well, it's not going to work. Why do we keep doing this? Uh, anyway, uh, 64th minute is my. Mark here. Burnley had a great chance. Uh, McNeil tacked down the left-hand side, and he put a ball into the box. Wood – oh, yeah, Wood came on. I have meant to mention that. Uh, Chris Wood rose to meet it, and I don't know how he didn't score here. Uh, the ball goes very wide. He should have scored. Uh, no excuse for that. That's miserable by him, uh, but good for us. And that was in the 64th minute, and the next, like, 10-ish minutes was just – it was just Almiron. Like, that's the only thing I could think of that Newcastle did well was Almiron. Um, he was the only spark we had. Shelby got booked. The crowd was chanting, attack, attack. But 
we're in 75 minutes in now and we still haven't made a sub. Like it's, this is ridiculous to me. Like, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, why does he take forever to sub anyone? I don't understand this. Yeah, especially in this one where, like, my only defense for him was, like, when you're in this position, it's nice to have Alan St. Max when you can bring off the bench, and he didn't do that. So, um, uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on with that. It was, I mean, I don't know why it took so long for a sub to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess Steve Bruce, he could overthink things, I guess, where he's like, I mean – Actually, I, I can't even defend this. I was going to be like, oh, maybe he thinks like, oh, these guys are playing well together. They just need a gel and the chance will come. But like at that point, I mean, it was just meh. And you need it. It, it was screaming for a change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that change did happen in the 78th minute. Uh, Jolinton came off for St. Maximin. It was a big, big applause from the crowd. The crowd really wanted this one to happen. Um, pretty much everyone did, right? Uh, yeah. But the next 10-ish minutes was really nothing of note. It was Richie. – Richie was a little bit more involved from this point forward, but nothing even close to ever materialize as a chance. And then in the first minute of out of time, Newcastle had a huge opportunity on the counter. And this, yep. is, this was the end of it for me. Um, St. Max was able to beat a defender. He laid it off to Shelby. He beat his man and got the ball to Richie, which created a three-on-two. Like in the Premier League, if you get a three on two, like very good chance that's a goal. What's the uh, stats say about that? Yeah, I, I need to try to find. The, the problem is there's still not very many advanced stats in the Premier League, uh, but I need to find the odds on that. But Richie just passed the ball right into the defender. Like, yep, that was the chance. I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, and that's it, guys. Full time, <laughs> zero zero. Um, like I've said, no one said this match was going to be good. It wasn't. Newcastle did look better, but the main thing still stays there. They lack creativity at all. And, and that's what this formation change was supposed to do is get more chances, create goals. And we aren't doing that. It didn't happen. So it's now four matches that they haven't scored a goal. It's one win in the last 10 in the premier league and the bottom is starting to catch up to us. So that's my thoughts on this. My dog agrees. Elijah, what about you? I think I'm, I'm with you to a degree. Like I, okay. like I'm there, there definitely was hope, but I, I, I feel like, and I've, I've made this point as you've heard multiple times. I, I don't want to discredit the fact that like, Burnley's defense is very good. I mean, it's essentially a clone of Newcastle's kind of defense, but even better um, because they don't rely on their keeper to do everything. Uh, But their center backs were essentially kind of eliminating a lot of Newcastle's opportunities. There was tons of, of, of chances where like the final ball, like sometimes the final ball wasn't great, but I have to give Tarkowski and them, um Tarkowski was the man of the match in my opinion yeah I mean like there were times where he and me just broke up like passes or just had insanely great tackles in the box and it's like if there were moments where it's like dang this was actually a solid attack that was built up and like there's just nothing you could do about it and it's like maybe if you're playing a Bournemouth um or 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 playing you know 
a Southampton or Norwich where the, 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 the back line isn't as solidified. I mean, you literally had like Gareth Southgate was there, was, was there to scout Nick Pope, Tarkowski and, and me. So it's like, I mean, th- these guys are, are likely some of the best defenders in the Premier League and they have the stats to, to, to show for it. But to your point, I do think um, not enough quality chances were created. I think chances were created, but not a- enough quality chances. I think having 21 shots isn't, isn't anything to scuff at. I know only three were on target, but I also think that's to do with just Newcastle's lack of finishing ability and the lack of ability to put the, sh- the, the ball on target rather than their ability to create the chances. Again, with you in terms of chance creation wasn't great. I think quality chances weren't created. Um, but, I mean, some things that point out to me is Matt Ritchie had seven shots and zero were on target. Yeah. Like, I mean, that just, I mean, that just can't happen. you got to put one on target at least. And, I mean, I guess the only one that was technically really on target that I wouldn't even count, which I guess no statistician counts, is the last one where um, he – he um he literally passed it directly to the uh to the um to the defender where it's like it was somewhat near the goal but um yeah i don't know it was just not not a great showing but definitely better and you could tell the ideas were there and like it, it could come it, it could improve over time and i think against a less stout defense maybe we could see newcastle create some chances but is it enough to secure safety, Greg? Do you think? Uh, what this formation change? This formation change and you know, some glimpses of positivity. Uh, no, I don't. I, not at this moment. No, I don't think so. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So we're going to take another break, mm. and then we're going to get into all the other fun stuff after this. So let's do that right now. Okay, so Newcastle ended 0-0. Let's look at the Premier League table. Uh, we didn't move at all. Uh, we stayed in 14th with 32 points, a minus 17 goal difference. And uh, looking behind us, we are, we're four points clear of 15th, which is Brighton, and then West Ham, Watford, Burnmouth. Are six points behind us. Bournemouth is in the relegation zone, and then Aston Villa and Norwich rounded out. Above us, we have Southampton, who's our next wow Premier League match. Uh, They're two points ahead of us, and then Burnley moved up one spot from tenth to ninth with that draw. Oh, and Liverpool lost to Watford, which is just crazy. Three nothing. Okay. Let's get into quotes because I feel like we might have some things to talk about with this one. Did you see any quotes? Um, the Isaac Hayden one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to absolutely blow your mind, I think. Okay, this is what Steve said. It was a better performance. There was positives. I can take a clean sheet and a point, which gets us to the targets we want to get to. When you do create chances in a big league, you need to take them. I'm pleased we created more and were a threat. There are still eight or ten teams in there. When you're in the bottom half of the division, you know it's, it is hard to win a game. Uh, we've got 
the second best defensive record at home, but I'm sure fans will be saying, yeah, but we don't score enough. We haven't been able to take our chances. Unfortunately, we didn't get the win, but there were positives to take from it. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right. When disappointed with the results, you can change the system or personnel. For a long time, they've played a certain way, and I don't want to tamper with it because they're very comfortable. We thought we'd try something different. I thought we carried a better threat going forward. We had some big opportunities, but unfortunately didn't take them. The only thing a coach can do is change personnel and shape. Goals is our Achilles heel. He actually said that. That's a direct quote. The only thing a coach can do is change personnel and shape. It's goals. That's our Achilles heel. <laughs> so he's literally not taking any no, blame Greg, you don't or understand. criticism that, at all. That's what the great managers of, of, of past, that's, that's their philosophy. Winger <laughs> was the same way. I mean, Sir Bobby was the same way. All these legends. Rafa himself was the same way. Only thing they have control over is the formation and personnel. Nothing else. <laughs> literally nothing else. I mean, your job is literally coach. So, like, you mean to tell me that goals doesn't fall on your your plate? And in Steve Bruce's responsible for in Steve Bruce's like case, his job literally is coach. Like, he's yeah. not even the manager; he's the coach. Yes, <laughs> it's it's mind blowing <laughs> that he said he. Like, he won't take blame for this. I, I mean, I, I'm i glad that we're talking about this Wednesday, but, I mean, th- this was definitely a tipping point for a lot of – like, that. that's just, like, an inexcusable quote. I didn't even hear that. I mean, you yeah. know me. I don't really pay attention to the quotes until I hear them from you because there's yeah. no reason for me to pay attention to them because you're going to read them to me. Um, but that is, like, inexcusable on so many different levels, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it's, it's a shot in the face – to like the team because it is time and time again. And I mean, we sound like broken records because we've mentioned this so often is that you as a manager, you have to take responsibility at some point for like the results, your team, um, your team has put out. You, you can't take credit for the wins and not, and not face any of the criticism. And that's what Steve Bruce wants. He's like, I want to take credit for when we do things well. Yes, that was all me. I coached these guys up to be so defensive. Like, yes, blah, blah, blah. But then when it's like we don't win, it's like, well, I mean, I'm sorry. I tried. I did the best I could. I changed the formation this time, guys. Like, I mean, what else do you want me to do? I changed yeah. the formation. I know I put Matt Ritchie in. The players like him. Moved Joel Linton away from striker. We got Gale back. Like, I don't know what you guys want me to do. The goals aren't coming. I did what I can. See Bruce out. It's like, oh my gosh, dude! Come yeah. on, Let, let's step it up here. Pretty, pretty terrible. I thought there too. And on Saint Maximin and why he didn't start, he said he hasn't been right all week with his hamstring. For me, he's been training at a half pace. On Thursday, he was claiming he was sore, so I was never going to take a chance. And we will talk more about that on Wednesday's podcast uh, because apparently there's reports that that's not true. Okay, going to stats now. We have some stats, and this is – we'll get a little positive on the stat front. There's, there's definitely some negatives, but we'll get to, to the positive as well. So uh, one thing to report on the stats is we had more expected goals than Burnley. See, that's good. 
Yeah, so shout out to us. XG had us winning the matchup 1.19 goals, and Burnley had 0.6. So Newcastle had over one expected goal. Um, that was one of my gripes in last Wednesday's episode. Elijah, if you remember, I went through all our consecutive games. We haven't even expected to score one goal. Now we had one over one expected goal, and we didn't score any. So <laughs> we're a little lopsided there. But um, for the first time in Newcastle United history, we have three straight 0-0 draws at home. First time ever. Well, that's um, uh... Three straight clean sheets if you're looking at the Steve Bruce. <laughs> That's what I said. There's some negative and there's some positives. <laughs> um, we've gone 360 minutes without a Premier League goal. The, the oh. Newcastle record is 464. So we're 104 minutes from, from that. We're on 104 um, minutes from making history. Yeah, Newcastle yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle yeah. half glass full. Yeah. Um, on the contrary, though, the positive side, it's been 364 minutes since an opponent has scored a goal at St. James's Park. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, see? Um, with the XG leaders, Dwight Gale led uh, 0.37 expected really? goals. And uh, Miguel Almiron led the team in expected assists with 0.28. Um, in PPDA, this was our best game um, of the season. We yeah, gave up 6.86 <laughs> passes per defensive action so Burnley didn't have a lot of possession in our half and Burnley gave up eight the first time I've seen it lopsided like that and then for expected points uh, Newcastle had 1.83 expected points Burnley had 0.86 so about what we got right a draw for each is probably um, Sunderland are in league one that's a stat that's a fact actually yeah I, I, I think they they still are yeah uh, and then who scored ranked each performance given ratings. So these are the players that received a seven or higher. Um, we had Federico Fernandez with 7.03, Matt Ritchie, 7.26, Miguel Amaron, 7.27, and the highest ranking for Newcastle. Do you have a guess? Joel Linton. No. Dubravka. No. Lascelles. No. <laughs> I don't know. Midfielder. John Joe. No. Isaac Hayden. Isaac Hayden, yeah. <laughs> Got a 7.39. Midfielder Tim Ben Arfa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Isaac Hayden had the highest rating according to who scored. Um, so moving to 538, uh, we currently sit in 14th place in the Premier League. And if you remember, if you've been tracking 538, they've pretty much had us finishing in 14th for a very long time, pretty much this whole season. Um they have us finishing on 14th. We currently sit on 14th on 41 points. We have a 16% chance to get relegated and a 1% chance to finish in the top 10. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, below yeah. us, they have Burnmouth, Aston Villa, and Norwich getting relegated. Nice. And that is my stats. Do you have any stats? Um, I have a big stat. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Newcastle. Lost. Wait, no, that wasn't the stat. What? So you don't have a stat? Yeah, I don't. Oh, may, I don't well, wait, I... wait. Fake stat alert. This is the fourth game where Newcastle won the possession battle and didn't win. Third game. Uh yeah, it's a third. Okay, and there you two, go. two of the three have been against Burnley. 
<laughs> oh, look at us. Look at me. Stats guy. Yeah. That That's is, yeah, me. you are stats Mr. guy. Mr. Stats. Statistician Newsom. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, so let's do best and worst. Who is your worst? Oh man, the worst player. Um, I don't think anybody really did bad enough. Yeah, I, I mean, there were definitely we talked about just absence. Like Minkia was absent, but I don't know if he was necessarily bad because he's kind of falling within his role. I do think that Matt Ritchie had the best chance of the game, and that's that's tough. And ruin I, you know it. me. I, I think that's fair. I, I I don't really like to say like the game was lost by one person, but like when you have the most chances to score out of anyone on the team, and you fail to put something anything on target, it's tough. I mean, there were mm-hmm. set pieces that were to him, and just like that, the last attack was great like there was just so much that it's kind of inexcusable to put something on target so that's what I go with yeah I think that's fair um for me I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick somebody and I'm gonna pick Mankio and there's really no reason he probably had the least amount of touches uh oh actually I can I'm pretty like that actually might be actually it was actually Dwight Gale Oh, well, Dwight Gill's a fox in the box, though, so that's to be expected. <laughs> fox in the box. When did Dwight Gill get a yellow card? <laughs> I just saw that. Yeah, he got a yellow. John Joe did. Danny Rose and Javier Minkio. To be fair, was... John Joe got his yellow on purpose. <laughs> yeah. He, was, he fouled to sl- stop an attack or something like that. Yeah. Um, who's your best player? Um... Obviously, Miguel Amaron. Yeah, I, I'll. Yeah, I mean that was gonna. That was definitely mine. So, I yeah, I mean uh, Isaac Hayden, obviously a close second. I mean he's such a good midfielder. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think Isaac Hayden and Shelby kind of that that just proved that that's what should be happening. Oh, are you saying that the midfield pairing that Newcastle have known as the best midfield pairing for the past three years <laughs> is actually the best midfield pairing? Yeah, it may be surprising to think that, but yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Greg, you never know. You never know these things, especially when like the only thing you can do as a manager is change the personnel and change the formation. Yeah, you'll yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You'll you can never know these things. What once the whistle blows, though, you're you, nothing. Everything's out of your control. There. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like you, you only hear Steve Bruce just like yelling players' names. Like if they do any audio, it's just like. Miggy, Miggy, just yelling names. Like, there's no instructions. <laughs> He's never, like, giving out instructions. Just, like, Isaac, John Joe, just yelling names. And it's like, are you just trying to get their attention? Like, oh, man, this, uh, this Steve Bruce guy. I mean, he's he's got the whole – he's honestly got the whole fan base against him now. Yeah. Like, people are starting to For agree sure. with Rafa facts on Twitter, which that's how you know time. <laughs> that's a, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about for this one? Um, no, not really. I mean, we're about to hop into another uh, little episode. So be sure to listen to both episodes that are dropping today. The West Brom preview, um, oh, yeah. because that is going to be something. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's going to be a lot of something. It's going to be tons of something. 
Tons um, so, of it. Yeah, so uh, there's that. And then Wednesday we'll be dropping an episode, and then we'll have a little uh, Southampton preview. So it's going to be a, a packed week for episodes. Uh, and happy March. Yeah, happy March. Um, that concludes our Burnley recap. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn coast in the land. Elijah Newsom. And away the last. Love you guys. The dark, it's in James's Park, if the gallery gets into the rain, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're body and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it off as well. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we? I'm coming home. The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher.